a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Hello everyone and welcome to the return of Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Alice W. Castle and I'm thrilled to be bringing back Force Ghost as part of the Multiversity Podcast Network. Last time you heard from us was in the feverish lead up to Star Wars The Force Awakens as we, the Multiversity staff, shared our experience with the Star Wars fandom through little monologues and roundtable discussions. This episode is going to be a bit like a Where Are They Now segment for Force Ghost. It's been over a year since the release of Force Awakens, so we have each recorded our thoughts and experiences with not only the movies, like Force Awakens and Rogue One, but with Star Wars as a whole for the past year, which you'll get to hear in just a moment. But before we get to that, though, I have some good news. Force Ghost Coast to Coast is returning for real. The podcast will be returning as a monthly roundtable discussion hosted by myself with various multiversity staffers to discuss current Star Wars events, the novels, the TV shows, the movies, everything going on in Star Wars currently, as well as some deep dives into the history of Star Wars in both lore and fandom experiences and basically anything we can really dig into and get a meaty conversation out of. We'll be back next month with the first episode of Season 2 of Force Goes Coast to Coast, or as I like to call it, The Podcast Strikes Back. Until then, enjoy this prequel episode that will catch you up on what we've been up to Star Wars wise over the past year and we will see you in a month. Hey everybody, Vince here. Uh, So my last 14 or so months of Star Wars. Well, um, we could start back at The Force Awakens, um, which is, it's been a little bit over a year since that movie came out, and, uh, and I guess other people will probably talk about it more than, more than I will, but, um, Star Wars is back. It's good again. Uh, that's the most important thing to take away, I think. Um, it's really exciting to have, uh, a new set of movies that not only are going to move forward with characters that we already know from the old movies, but a brand new cast of characters that um, I thought was really well cast and um, just really well developed. I mean, I think I I'm interested in in all of their stories. You know, um, I'm interested to see in what see what everybody is going to be doing um, moving forward, and I think that that's that. I mean, take that original cast of characters is a really tough act to follow, you know. Um, and I think I think they did really well with that. So I'm, I'm I couldn't be more excited about the Last Jedi, um, and and catching back up with what they're doing again. Um, we just saw Rogue One not that long ago, and um, and I liked Rogue One a lot. There were some moments that really hit home. A lot of the the inside jokey type stuff and the Easter eggs and 
obviously the couple of very nostalgic moments and, and characters that we saw uh, from the original trilogy sort of recreated for Rogue One. Um, uh, I, I, I loved how different that movie was from any other Star Wars movie to date. Um, it really was like a, uh, you know, Dirty Dozen-esque sort of uh, uh, special ops film, I guess. Um, I don't know if I like it more or less than The Force Awakens. Um, I probably need to see it again. I've only seen it once. Um, but I thought it was really well done, you know. Um, it, it, it reaches that sort of same consistent level of quality that I think we're coming to expect from Star Wars again and um, and you know Marvel Disney Star Wars sort of franchises um, uh, but I, I think the most rewarding thing about the last 14 months of Star Wars for me is um, so I have a stepdaughter and she's nine years old and in getting ready for the force awakens we showed her uh you know four five and six and you know it didn't matter that they were movies from the 70s and 80s she loved them she was captivated by them loved the characters just a totally whole new world for her to explore and it was really gratifying um seeing that and it was fun to watch her react to finding out that Darth Vader is Luke's father and um, <laughs> Luke and Leia finding out that they're siblings, you know, like that really threw her for a loop. And, and it, it, it sort of reminded me a little bit of probably what I thought when I was a kid and I saw this stuff for the first time. And uh, uh, <laughs> but that was before The Force Awakens. And and after The Force Awakens and after Rogue One, she was asking about the prequels, the dreaded prequels. Um, now, I haven't seen any of those movies in 10 years, you know. And so I'm telling her, like, trust me, you don't need to see these. <laughs> you, you know everything you need to know. I will, I'll tell you stuff that happens and fill in the blanks for you. you you've got everything you need don't worry, trust me, don't worry about it. These are no good. <laughs> and, uh, and, but she would still ask about them, you know, and she has friends that would talk about them. And I guess she just felt like she needed to see them. And who am I to deprive her of that? Um, even though I know full well that they're terrible. Um, so, uh, so I said, okay, fine. I will, rent these for you we'll watch them once we never have to watch them again you know i'll just rent them i'll rent them digitally what's it going to be like three bucks four bucks for each of them big deal well i guess you can't rent star wars movies on amazon or uh or from itunes or anything like that so um I, I mean, short of, like, pirating them, I didn't know what else to do. Um, I guess I could have shown her, like, a fan edit mashup. Um, but, uh, but I think 
I don't know. I think she would have figured that out. Um, so I conceded and I said, all right, I'll go out. I'll go to Target. I will buy them right now. <laughs> then I'll own them. I'm, I, I'm kind of a completist, so like at least I can say, well, I own them all. There they are on the shelf. I'll never watch them again after this, but there they are. So we watched episode one, and um, she claimed to have liked it. I guess I don't. She she just watching her watch it. I could tell that she was not as into it as she was the original trilogy. Now whether that's just me projecting or whatever, but just like the engagement level was not there. And she did not laugh once at Jar Jar Binks, let me tell you. Um, she laughed more at Watto than she laughed at Jar Jar, you know. Um, and I had forgotten how much Jar Jar just doesn't shut up. You know, it's, okay, we've been picking on Jar Jar for the last 15 years now or whatever. But, um, I mean, he really deserves it. The, I, the dude doesn't shut up. He's in the background, like acting wacky the entire time he cannot they can't have him sitting still at all you know it's just it is so over the top terrible um uh, there's still some cool stuff in that movie i guess so then a week later we watched attack of the clones um which i don't think she liked as much as the phantom menace and, uh, and I, I mean, that's the worst one, right? Like, that is the worst Star Wars movie. Um, it's really bad. There's so much, like, misguided dialogue and just unnecessary scenes and just cheesy. And the effects are really bad. Oh, man. The scene of them in the arena fighting those, like, creatures, it, that all just looks terrible. Um... Yeah, it's really regrettable. But then we watched Revenge of the Sith. And I have to admit that I was wrong. We we did a, a podcast back in the, the first volume of Force Ghost Coast to Coast where I said that I thought Episode 2 and 3 were essentially the same to me. Like, same quality. People say that 3 is better, but I just I didn't see it. Well, watching 3 again... I I will admit I was wrong. It's I don't think it's good. Um I think I think what's good about it is that it never slows down. I mean that thing is like 2 hour, two and a half hours long almost or whatever and it almost never slows down for anything. I mean it's just it's barreling towards the finish and you know where it's going but 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 it does it in such a propulsive way that I really was like I I was more I was surprised I was more engaged this time and so was she. Um, my stepdaughter was was visibly more engaged in this movie than the other two. And the problem is that when it does slow down or when it focuses on like Anakin or whatever, the dialogue is still pretty terrible at times and his. Hayden Christensen's acting is just not where it needs to be either. And the script really lets him down too. And that's just, that is a recurring theme that will never change, that will never like get better. I'll never watch it and say, 
alright, I can get past that. <laughs> but the effects are better. The action's pretty good. It's pretty propulsive storytelling. Um, there's less of the goofy, cheesy stuff. Um, there's, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's like a it's like a five or a six out of ten, whatever. Um, but it was really interesting over the last year and a half to introduce a, a kid to all of those movies, just like what had happened when I was little, and um, and the ebbs and flows of that experience, and and. Now she gets new movies to 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 be surprised by at the same time that I am. You know, I mean, it's one thing to show uh, your daughter, um, you know, the big surprises and reveals of the original trilogy when you know them all already. But to speculate with her about what could happen to Ray next, um, it's a completely different experience now. And I'm really relishing that. Um, that's a really cool, cool feeling. Um, and I mean, aside from that, um, you know, I, I haven't done much else with Star Wars. I read a couple of the books. Um, uh, I've been keeping up kind of with the comic books. Um, but, but I kind of like that there's all this Star Wars stuff that, that, you know, for a rainy day, I can go to, and it's all new to me. That's that's really amazing, and it's branching off in all different directions. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really exciting time to to be a Star Wars fan. And the other thing is that um, my wife and I, uh, my wife, have been doing like. Spaceballs quotes because she's she really liked Spaceballs as a kid and so like we've been doing Spaceballs back and forth and uh, her daughter is wondering about you know what are we talking about and so one of these days I have to show her Spaceballs um, trying to think if there's anything like really inappropriate in that but I I don't really think so I mean I was always afraid of Pizza the Hut when I was a kid but um I think she's she has thicker skin than I ever did. So, so we're gonna show her space balls, and then that will kind of close the loop on the movies, I think. And uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. Um, the Last Jedi, everybody, I'm pumped. Um, I'm sure everyone else will be more eloquent than I was. So, <laughs> so thank you for listening. <laughs> Excited to be back talking about more Star Wars things. Um, looking back over the past roughly uh, 14 months or so since The Force Awakens came out, um, my my Star Wars interest level has, has ebbed and flowed. Um, starting with the peak that was The Force Awakens, um, 
I came out of that extremely excited, which I think we talked about some um, on the previous incarnation of of uh, Force Ghost. So, um, yeah, just coming out of that, I had a ton of hype. I I saw the movie, I think, four or five times in theaters, bought it the day it came out on Blu-ray, um, watched it, talked about it incessantly, um, picked up a lot of the um, tie-in books around the time. Uh, so Star Wars Aftermath, which I, I believe came out a few months before that, um, but I read that. Um, picked up the Star Wars Bloodlines book, um, the the second Aftermath title, and I I'm, I think there may have been one more in there, um, but but was just you know very much on a high, consuming as as much as I could. Uh, as I got farther away from the movie. Um, the hype died down considerably. Um, like I said, I had, I had read Aftermath, thought it was okay, read Star or started reading Star Wars Bloodlines and, and couldn't really get into it, made it about, about 50 pages and then put it down in favor of something else um, and actually haven't even started the second Aftermath book. Um, oh, also, I remember the other one. It's, it was the, the Ahsoka book, which, uh, again, I, I started and, and haven't finished, unfortunately. Um Similarly, kind of with the comics, you know, I, I have been following the comics um, since they started, at least the main two, the Star Wars and, and then Darth Vader, now um, kind of followed up by Dr. Aphra. Um, I'm still collecting both of those and woefully behind on, on both, um, and have been dabbling in, in some of the miniseries, but have been a little disappointed maybe with how Marvel has handled the comic series, um, I, I don't know. It, 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 I've talked about this at length before. Um, it, just in that, I, I feel like they could be doing more. Um, and then you get into some things like with the adaptations, the adaptation of of the Force Awakens, which I, I think was generally agreed on upon to be sort of a sort of a waste of time. And and I'm. You know, we have the upcoming adaptation of Rogue One, which I feel may end up falling into the same boat. So, so we'll see. I think on on average, the comics are are a fun diversion, and in some cases, a, a really really cool addition, especially in the case of um, the the Darth Vader book, which did some extremely cool things with with Vader and, and introduced a really cool new character. Um, so, I'm interested to see how those how those continue to, pr- to progress, especially approaching. Um, the Last Jedi. Um, I guess in terms of video games, there haven't been a, a lot as much as I would have expected following this kind of you know resurgence and in interest. Um, I think it's pretty well agreed upon that Star Wars Battlefront was a huge disappointment. I, I bought that, sold it, bought it again to play with some friends, and I think I actually subsequently sold it again uh, just because the 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 lack of content and how much content was hidden behind you know DLC paywalls, so not not exactly the best reintroduction to Star Wars in the video game format. Um, although there have some been been some really interesting mobile games that have kept my interest, I, I believe. Um, I think the the shining star for me in terms of Star Wars media over the past few months has been Star Wars Rebels. Um, Coming off of The Force Awakens, we had the fantastic uh, finale to Season 2, which 
uh, spoilers to anyone who hasn't watched it yet. I don't know. You may want to stop and skip ahead, but we, we saw um, Ahsoka and, and Anakin reunited for the first time since the end of the Clone Wars. Um, Anakin as Vader, of course, and we saw that, that showdown. Um, we saw Kanan get blinded by Darth Maul. A lot of crazy things happening. Um, and then season three picked up um, just as strongly and um, had the really great reveal um, last the end of last year, end of 2016, leading up to Rogue One, we had the, the reveal that um, Rebels was going to be uh, touching on Obi-Wan and what he's been doing on Tatooine, and we may get to see you know another big showdown between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, which had me really excited. Um, I haven't caught up on all the episodes since it started back um, in 2017. Those are still on my backlog. Blame all of this... Um, that my me be behind in all of my media on my uh, DC three commitments. Take that up with Brian. Um, but overall, um, I oh I haven't even talked about Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. Um, I think I think I enjoyed Rogue One more than The Force Awakens, which really surprised me. But it was a completely different animal in that there the hype surrounding it was much lower, and I think following it the conversations that people were having, at least that I was having with people were, were different than the ones that I was having following the force Awakens. So it was really interesting kind of coming out of this first of the standalone anthology type films and just kind of seeing what that, what that looked like, what the response was going to be. And I think it was overall, overall very, very positive. And I'm excited that this exists. I can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray and to do like a marathon of rogue one um, into a new hope and then who are, you know, maybe go all the way up to the force awakens. I think that would be so much fun. Um, but I, um, I, I don't know. I'm still very much excited for the last Jedi. Um, I, I can't wait for that level of hype to build again. And it's just, it's just great to be able to say that star Wars is good and I, I, I really look forward to it. And in terms of other things that are coming up this year, I know we have the, the Thrawn novel by Timothy Zahn. I am excited of that being excited for that being a, a big fan of the original Thrawn trilogy. Um, we have the last Empire or the last Aftermath book, The Empire's In, which I, I may or may not pick up at this point. Um, probably will just to complete my collection because I'm, I'm like that. But I think overall... There are a lot of things to be excited for um, as a Star Wars fan, obviously, coming up. And it's uh, it's going to be good. And I hope you all uh, join us as we enter in this new era of uh, Force Ghost podcast and share with us, sharing our enjoyment of Star Wars. It's going to be a good time. Hi, so this is Alice W. Castle for Force Ghost Coast to Ghost, the returning Force Ghost Coast to Ghost, which is, as I say it, a harder title to say it loud than it is to type. It's been about just over a year since we last did Force Ghost, and since then, a surprising amount has happened with Star Wars, but also less than I thought, which was kind of an interesting experience, but I think we should start 
where we left off last time with The Force Awakens. I think um, the last time we did anything, it was the lead up to Force Awakens and kind of our backstories as a site with Star Wars and our experience with that and our expectations for The Force Awakens and our hopes for it. And if I remember correctly, my hope for The Force Awakens was for it to be a good movie, for it to be a movie, for it to be a Star Wars movie. And I think more than anything, you know, that's what I got. I got a good Star Wars movie again. I got a Star Wars movie that I have seen multiple times and still haven't got tired of with new elements that are really interesting and new characters that, you know, over a year later I'm still thinking about and kind of interested in and want to know what happens next with really familiar elements. And, you know, I know a lot of people have complained The Force Awakens is a soft reboot, if you can say that, of... A New Hope, basically it uses the same thematic structure or narrative structure as A New Hope and people complain about that because uh, people don't understand Star Wars, I guess. Like, it's not something that I've ever really complained about because Phantom Menace did the exact same thing. You know, you have three acts, three planets, a relatively untrained pilot blows up something in space while there's other battles going on and... You know, like, Phantom Menace is a new hope, the same way that Force Awakens is a new hope. The reason people didn't care that Phantom Menace was a new hope was that Phantom Menace sucked in every other regard. Whereas The Force Awakens was good in every other regard, but people wanted something to complain about from The Force Awakens. But I've already started digressing. Basically, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens. There are things I didn't enjoy. I think the Rathtar stuff was unnecessary. There are... There are elements that I would have liked to expand upon, and I feel like the really the really fast pace of the movie kind of let it down in some regards. A lot of the third act feels really not rushed, but you know, I'd have liked to see more of Leia. You know, I would have liked to see more of what Han and Leia's um history or, or relationship with Ben was, you know, like now, but also like what it was before. Um, he felt the, the dark side and there was a lot of unanswered questions basically that I feel like the third act kind of glossed over as it raced to the finish line um, and that was one of the things that I feel kind of disappointed about looking in the last year is how ending episode 7, ending The Force Awakens on such a stark cliffhanger that we we pretty much know at this point the Last Jedi will be picking up pretty much where that that uh, cliffhanger left us. You know, like there's there's not a gap there the same way there was with A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, or even with The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Even though I think at this point there's only one story in canon told in that like ten year gap, there is no gap for Force Awakens and um, The Last Jedi, and I think that was a something of a misstep that Lucasfilm took because. If you think about it, we still haven't had any content since The Force Awakens that has followed up on The Force Awakens. You know, you introduced this world that's, you know, 30 years after everything else we knew about Star Wars. All these new characters, these new factions, this new landscape for the galaxy, and the closest we got to anything new was the Bloodline novel, which still took place, I think, six years before The Force Awakens. You know, there's no... There's no Ray comic. The the Poe Dameron comic still takes place before The Force Awakens. We don't get, we haven't had anything new about Finn or Kylo Ren or anything going on. And I feel like that has 
let people forget about The Force Awakens almost. You know, it happened, it came out, there was this rush of uh, enthusiasm for it because Star Wars was good again, and then it just kind of dipped and nothing happened for a while. And, you know, even the releases for the novels um, throughout the year lessened. You know, I read across 2015, leading up to The Force Awakens, I think I read more than 10 Star Wars novels in a year, which is, I think, more novels than I've read in any year of my life. Um, because I was that excited for The Force Awakens. And across 2016, I think I read three. I read Bloodline, the Leia novel taking place before Force Awakens, which was a fantastic novel that kind of ended just as I was really wanting to continue with the formation of the Resistance. There's some questions there that I have that I'd, I'm really interested in getting more information about that it just kind of curved. Um, I hope they follow that up with something. I also read uh, Life Debt, the second part of Aftermath, which was a really interesting novel and went places I didn't expect it to. I think it was really interesting in fact that, spoiler alert, I guess, the really secretly, the really secretive Grand Admiral um, introduced at the end of the first Aftermath novel is revealed as just some guy. I, I was expecting, you know, the reveal of Thrawn or Palpatine's clone even some um if you're you're introducing a really shadowy character at the end of a novel you expect it to be a character that you would recognize when they mention the name in the second novel and not a completely new character I thought it was a a, a weird move but uh race loans you know the new grand admiral and that was amazing and we got more about you know Kashyyyk and what happened to that during the, emperor, uh, the Empire, and what else happened in that novel? There was stuff with um, Nora's husband that I kind of didn't care for. That whole plot where I, I feel like the Kashyyyk plot was what was really fascinating about the novel. And then there was the whole stuff with the attack on Chandra-La, and the novel tried to connect them, but I feel like that didn't work. Both plots were interesting in and of themselves, but trying that overlap of trying to make the Kashyyyk stuff matter to the Chandra-La stuff kind of didn't work for me. The connections were a bit tenuous and didn't really hold up as much as I wanted them to, but it still has me very excited for Empire's End, which at time of recording is like a week away, I think. So that's going to be uh, very interesting, hopefully. I'm very interested because what's interesting to that is I've read Lost Stars, which has already given a perspective on the Battle of Jakku. So I'm interested on seeing kind of the, the, the level above that, I guess. We already know what the, the officers were doing or a level of what the officers were doing during that battle. I want to know what the larger political ramifications of that battle were and why it took place. There's a dog barking in the background. That's great. Um, what else did I read? I also read Battlefront Twilight Company, which technically didn't come out in 2016. It came out 2015, but was a novel that I kind of left by the wayside in order to focus on the Journey to the Force Awakens stuff, um, specifically Aftermath, I think. I think I went from Dark Disciple and Skip Twilight Company 
into Aftermath. And then Twilight Company just kind of sat there until I'd finished Life Debt and realized I just, it was the only Star Wars novel that I'd left to read. And I didn't know what to expect from it because, you know, it's a tie into a multiplayer only video game um, that, you know, I eventually played and it was a, it was a video game, I guess. It was fine. Um, but no, the Twilight Company was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, Alexander Freed um, really surprised me and really blew me away with that novel and how it how it showed a, I want to say it showed a different perspective, even though it kind of didn't. It was um, if Rogue One was kind of the Mission Impossible of the Star Wars universe, I'd say that Twilight Company was kind of the Saving Private Ryan almost, or the platoon of the Star Wars universe, it was the, you know, I, I said, I think in my review of Rogue One, that uh, it was the movie that remembered that wars had consequence. Um, Twilight Company is the Star Wars book that shows you that consequence um, on a very personal perspective. The The idea of having largely a single singular perspective throughout the novel um, and having him kind of not care about the the philosophical nature of the rebellion, kind of he doesn't necessarily believe in the cause, as Sagarera put it, but more is loyal to to the soldiers around him and fights for them. Um, and having that juxtaposed with the idea that by the end of the novel, so many soldiers have died in various conflicts that that the soldiers around him are, are almost completely different. Either their, their characterization has taken them to wildly different places, or there's just completely new faces that have had to like step up because everyone else has died around him. It was, was really interesting, and it was a, it was a much meatier, uh, much denser novel than I was expecting it to be. Especially for, you know, the, the other kind of novels have been quite slight. Um, very easy to read. Basically, this this took me a while to get through, but it was it was worth it in the end. It was kind of a slow burn, but it definitely felt like a war novel. And I think it was kind of the the sleeper hit of the Star Wars canon at this point. Um, what else happened? Rebels happened. I kind of skipped Rebels there. I forgot to talk about it, but you know, Rebels. I've well, I. Talk about how Star Wars kind of went away after The Force Awakens. Rebels didn't. Um, but I also feel like Rebels wasn't... So I, I review Rebels for the site, which hopefully, if you're listening to this, you read those reviews because otherwise I'm just kind of yelling into the void as opposed to what I'm doing now, which is not quite <laughs> yelling into a microphone. Um... But I feel like season the end of season two, which took place at the start of twenty sixteen, um, was for the most part fantastic. I thought season two was a major step up for the show that I really didn't enjoy in the first season. Um, I since rewatched the first season after showing it to my girlfriend, um, in a huge kind of Clone Wars Rebels binge watch, um, and 
I can kind of see some of its merits, the first season's merits now, but in the shadow of the end of the Clone Wars, I don't think anything could have topped that, especially not a show like the the step down in budget, the step down in animation quality, the drastic change in art style. Um, there was a lot of factors working against it that I don't think any show could have um, overcome. Um, and I feel like the focus on Ezra is still something I'm not super keen on. He's the least interesting uh, of that bunch. But season two was a major step up, I think, because it actually became a show about the rebellion and on, on this larger scale instead of just about Lothal. That was kind of my least favourite. Ezra and Lothal kind of combined were my least favourite aspects of season one, this really constrained viewpoint. But season two took it to a wider perspective, showed a lot more of the galaxy and the state it was in during the Empire, or like during the... It's not even the early days of the Empire, it's like 15 years kind of into the reign uh, of the Empire. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, before the Death Star, what was it like just living uh, in the day-to-day -day world of the Imperium? Uh, or the Empire, I guess. I've been playing a lot of Warhammer, so I'm used to saying the word Imperium instead of Empire. But yeah, season two kind of built up to this really awesome climax where a lot of things changed. We got this massive confrontation between Ahsoka and Vader. Um, we still have don't have a definitive answer as to Ahsoka's fate, which uh, frustrates me to no end. Um, but then season three, I feel like, kind of dropped the ball in some aspects. There were some, there was a little too much, um, I don't want to say the word filler episodes, but there were filler episodes. There was a lot of, you know, episodes like the Wooden Cathu job, um, the, uh, the, the droid one that happened just after Ghost of Geonosis. Ghost of Geonosis was especially disappointing. Um, I feel like that for a two-part episode, so little happened and so little information was actually given compared to what I, as the viewer, already knew about the state of Geonosis and about the fact that it was straight up the Death Star that was building it. Like, they set up this mystery around what happened on Geonosis. But I also know the answer to that mystery because I read the Rogue One Visio Guide, which is this weird dissonance that didn't really fit. And I feel like that need episode needed to be a bit chunkier, um, but try to coast on the fact that they got Forrest Whitaker, who did a fine job, but I feel like he's not really a voice actor. There was there was some weird hiccups in that episode, but I think they've turned it around. Um, as of recording this, Legacy of Mandalore came out today, no, this weekend, and I did my review of it today, and that two-parter, Legacy of Mandalore and Trials of the Darksaber, are the best episodes outside of Twilight of the Apprentice, which to me is essentially a Clone Wars episode, um, but the best 
pure rebels episode uh was that too far um it was just it, it was everything i wanted the show to be you know this this examination of the landscape of the galaxy during the empire and the characters caught up in this political wake and these important historical moments as opposed to these bunch of nobodies hijacking an imperial transport and Ezra being a wee shite again um yeah it was it was everything I wanted to be and I really hope the build up to the end of this season is just as good as it was for season two because you know the the next episode is freaking me out a potentially entirely first person episode through um the eyes of Callus is interesting but also freaky um this is going long so i'm going to briefly touch on comics um darth vader had a really cool ending until the epilogue and darth afra uh, darth afra dr afra um is still really boring to me i do not like that character i kind of don't gel with the tone of that series it's not working for me um much like the problem with the end of the force awakens there's not enough um expansiveness to the comics line i don't feel like i would prefer you know we've got some miniseries but there's like i feel like there's so many missed opportunities going on right now like what's happening with the old republic stuff why why is there no old republic series um why is there no series set in the gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens? I know we have Poe Dameron, but that's at the tail end. There's 30 years of content there that we're not seeing mined, and I find it weird that we're not seeing any of that mined. Um, I think the, you know, Star Wars, the Jason Aaron's writing is still the best aspect of the comics right now, and I feel like he's really come into his own um, in terms of adding to the to the Star Wars lore with the uh, the flight of the Harbinger arc, um, the introduction of the uh, the Scar Troopers, the uh, I did a review of it, but the I want to say it was issue twenty four, the uh, the hijacking of the Harbinger um, Star Destroyer was a fantastic issue, amazing, um, and he's gone from kind of playing in the toy box of Star Wars to to crafting his own toys, basically, and is finally hitting that point I knew he could, which is why you get Jason Aaron on a Star Wars comic. Um, so, yeah, the last year has been good for the most part for Star Wars. Um, I feel like there was a massive drop in content after The Force Awakens that um, was a casualty of the uh, the massive cliffhanger at the end of The Force Awakens, but at this point there's very little that can be done about that. I can just hope that The Last Jedi doesn't make the same mistake. Um, and there's also one thing that I'm forgetting about, which is that I um, attended Star Wars Celebration this year, um, Star Wars Celebration London, or Celebration Europe, I should say, that was held in London, um, in, 
I say this year, I meant last year, um, that was held in July of 2016, which um, I attended with my girlfriend. It was an amazing weekend. Um, it was, you know, it's like Star Wars Mecca or something. It's the pilgrimage to uh, to where Star Wars um, charts its course for the next year. And I think kind of looking back on it, the experiencing the convention itself was such a fantastic experience. Um, and I'm glad that I was there because otherwise I feel like I would have been disappointed in it with the pure lack of news that came out of it. You know, we got a lot of um, be excited for Rogue One panels and very little else. Um, you know, not a lot came out of it other than, I guess, the, uh, the announcement for the Ahsoka novel, which I forgot to talk about. I read that as well. A really good novel. Um, I wish it had been or I wish the uh the Siege of Mandalore stuff had was able to have been in Clone Wars. Um, but otherwise a a fantastic novel that I think everyone should read after they've uh watched Clone Wars. Um what was I saying? Uh celebration. Um nothing happened. You know, there was there was a real kind of drought of news in terms of like new novels, new comics, new video games. Um, I feel like if I had been watching from home, expecting some some new thing to come out of it, I'd be really disappointed. So I'm glad that I was there on the show floor and was able to be distracted by just, you know, wandering around and seeing, you know, amazing Star Wars cosplay and all the booths and, you know, the the only the only major disappointments I have is the fact that I am a poor person and wasn't able to meet Mark Camel because he was charging £80 per um, autograph signing, which was like my entire money for a day. Um, so it was, I kind of had to make the choice between meeting Mark Camel and having food for the day. And as much as I love Luke Skywalker, I, you know, the girl's got to eat. Um, that's kind of the bigger disappointment was I wish um, I had been richer. I guess, but I feel like that's just 2016 in a nutshell, really. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, 2016 was a hell of a year. It was weird and kind of terrible, but there was some really cool Star Wars stuff that came out, um, including, I can't believe I forgot to talk about it, um, Rogue One. Um, but I've already did a review for one on the site, so... You can read my thoughts about it there. They're largely the same thoughts. Um, but an addendum I will add is that people who say that they don't like Rogue One because it's not as good as Force Awakens are very silly. And that Rogue One was never in competition with the Force Awakens because they're, you know, Rogue One is not the Force Awakens sequel. It's just another chapter in the star. It is, it is in the title that is a Star Wars story. It's not connected to The Force Awakens outside of existing in the same universe as it. There is no real competition there. They're allowed to both be good on their own merits. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it there because this has gone way long and I'm going to cut a lot of this out. Uh, yeah. See ya.
Hi, this is Brian Salvatore, senior editor of Multiversity Comics, talking about Star Wars. Uh, the last 15 or so months of Star Wars fandom have been really interesting for me. Um, as I've talked about before, I grew up a huge Star Wars fan, but then sort of, I don't want to say fell off, because I never stopped loving Star Wars. I just stopped investigating Star Wars in the way that I investigated some of my bigger fandoms for a long time. Essentially from 99 or 2000 until 2015, I didn't think about Star Wars that much, or at least not as much as did other things. Um, and the lead up to The Force Awakens really kind of got me caring again, and my caring has continued on. I have not done as much reading as I would hope to have, or as much uh, cartoon viewing as I would have hoped to have when I recorded my last bit for Space Ghost. Not Space Ghost, Force Ghost. I should know the name of my own fucking show, shouldn't I? Um, anyway, you know, I haven't been able to dive in as deeply as I would like to, partially because I got kids, and partially because just there's other responsibilities to take up my time. But I think about Star Wars a lot, and what I think about now is totally different than what I thought about when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I was thinking about sort of the... Uh, I don't want to say the minutiae of the Star Wars universe, but sort of how everything worked in-universe. You know, like how, you know, what events led to this, what uh, characters interact with other characters off-screen. I don't think about that stuff as much anymore. I think more about Star Wars as a storytelling device and how Star Wars just tells stories in such a wonderfully... I don't want to say unique way, because it's not like Star Wars tells stories in ways that are all that different from how other stories are told. There's just something so direct about Star Wars, I guess, that even when things are, are layered and nuanced, like some of the best Star Wars material is, there is still such a directness to it and such a simplicity to the idea of good and evil. And I like that they're starting to play with that a little bit more now, too, with you know some of the more extended the universe stuff, some of the... Uh, unaffiliated Jedi, those sorts of things, I think are really fun. But at the core of it, there's still good and evil, and I really enjoy those stories for um, for accessible they are. And I want to talk about Rogue One in particular because I was excited for Rogue One. I'm not going to say I wasn't, but I would. I didn't. The, the fever pitch was not there for me the way it was for The Force Awakens. And when I first saw Rogue One, I saw it with my best friend, Ken Beck. We saw it at like 10.45 at night after eating a gigantic meal, and I had worked all day. And I just wasn't in the best mindset to see a movie. I was tired. I was uh, whatever. And I enjoyed Rogue One. I did. I didn't love it, though. And I thought, oh, boy, this is the, uh, you know, I'm glad there's more Star Wars movies coming, but maybe I'll just stick to the saga films. But I, I realized pretty quickly that wasn't fair to me or to the film because I, I didn't give it a, a proper shot. So I watched it a second time a few weeks later and I absolutely fell in love with it. And it showed me, I think, what the the non-saga films can be. It showed me that the Star Wars universe is not just something that can work in a comic or in a novel or in a video game, but that the expanded universe, that there is, a, that there is this 
entire world, sorry, this entire these entire worlds out there that can be explored is a really exciting thing for me. And um, you know, I keep saying with the Marvel movies, like one of these years, a Marvel movie is gonna tank, and that's gonna kind of fuck it up for everything. And eventually, a Star Wars film will get a bad review. But the difference is, I don't think Disney will ever let a movie as bad as Attack of the Clones ever come out again. I think they realize there's too much at stake here. And that might mean there's not going to be movies to take chances the way Attack of the Clones does. You know, I uh, I hate that movie. I really, really don't like it. But I have to say, Lucas went for it in some ways. You know, there, there's a lot in that movie that is that is really not to be expected. And I wonder if this will be one of the side effects of Disney taking over. It's just that never again will a film really go for it in the way that Attack of the Clones went for it. Although, who knows? The Last Jedi, you know, Ryan Johnson is a, is a hell of a director, and may, maybe that's the direction that that film's going. Maybe maybe he's going to take big chances. God, I hope so. You know, the best of both worlds is possible under the Disney umbrella. There can be quality control without creative stifling. This should be a big shared universe that is messy and fun and sad and beautiful and ugly and mystical and dirty and gritty and realistic and insane. And I think they are positioned to do that. And I feel that way so much more after seeing Rogue One. In a weird way, Rogue One did more for the idea of the expanded universe than any of the comics or any of the novels that I read since The Force Awakens did. Because so many times these these stories can't do too much because of where they fall. Like, you know, the Star Wars comics are very enjoyable. Some of them, some of them not so much. But most, for the most part, they're very enjoyable. Marvel Star Wars comics are very enjoyable. But they all take place, not even in the in the second act that so much of comics takes place in, but sort of the, uh, they take place in the interludes that connect the scenes in a play. You know, there's nothing all that major can really happen right now because of the way the stories are told. And that can be frustrating. And Rogue One felt like it might be that way. But it transcended that by telling a real story, by having a real emotional connection. And uh, from just a personal viewing enjoyment standpoint, the diversity of the cast made it such an interesting film to watch. It made it feel like Star Wars was not this... What's the word I'm looking for? To me, Star Wars has always felt like an overly British representation of the universe. You know, so many of the characters had, had British accents and uh, certainly overly white. And The Force Awakens started to correct that, but Rogue One really goes a long way towards having a more diverse cast and crew, and I loved it. And uh, I'm officially rambling now, but I think that sort of the, the biggest takeaway I've that I've got from the last you know year and a half or so of Star Wars fandom is just that, once again, Star Wars can surprise. Star Wars can be anything... And most importantly, Star Wars can be great. And in a world where the word great is thrown around to mean despicable, evil things, or the word great is used as a placeholder for some polite, banal word, I think that Star Wars can truly be great. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, You guys are going to love the show. 
with Alice at the lead. I uh, I can't wait to be a fan and to be a uh, part-time contributor. So that does it for this installment of Force Goes Coast to Coast. I'm Brian, and um, Alice will be back next month. And until next time, may the Force be with you. Thank you.